everybody, and welcome to Pod Crash, the original podcast by the members of the band Mo. This is episode number two. Today we'll be talking with musician extraordinaire and old friend Nate Wilson from the band Ghosts of Jupiter. This is Rob from Mo. Welcome to Mo's Pod Crash. Um, I'm here with all my friends and Mo, and our special guest today is Nate Wilson from Ghost to Jupiter. Hey, hey, hey! So, uh, Al, what's what's going on, man? I'm going to see you in a couple days, but what have you been up to? I've been uh, been wondering. I haven't heard much. You kind of like uh, fell off the off the globe, man. I did. I did. Well, um, I, I mean, to, to be honest, I've been, I've been home and helping, helping take care of my mom. Uh, there's, there's just, just a lot going on here and, um, you know, um, it's, um, my, my mom is, my mom is 92 years old and still living in her home. And so, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot to contend with. Um, and, uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know what to say. You know, she's, yeah, she's I just mean, getting up. She's is, just, it's not great. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's look, she's, she's just getting old. She's, she's getting on in her years and, um, she needs all the help that she can get. And so, so that's what I've been doing. Um, and so I'm sorry if I've been a little out of touch lately or less, uh, uh, vocal than I normally would be. I've been there. How are you? How are you feeling? Um, pretty, uh, pretty stressed out to be honest. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, she's, she, she suffers from dementia. So, and it's, it's now like the second time that we're, we're going through this because we dealt uh, with this with, uh, with Melanie's dad. Um, and anybody who's, who's been there knows it's, it's a long, slow, you know, they call it the long goodbye. It's, it's just, it's a long, slow process. And, you know, you go through a lot of grieving during the process. And so that part of it's pretty hard. Um, but, you know, and everybody's, everybody's, means of handling it and processing it is different and trying to navigate all of that with, with your family and loved ones is pretty challenging. Yeah. You got, you got sick too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I also got the vid. <laughs> right. On, on top, After- top of that. But on not top while you of were that, your mom, you were somewhere else, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, Melanie, I, Melanie, and I happened to be away. We were in in South Carolina. We were in we were in Charleston, and I mean, it it was almost two years to the day when we initially like did our like initial quarantine lockdown, and I'm vaxxed and boosted and pretty well behaved, and have been probably pretty conservative in terms of like my quarantining, you know, I, I look, I was still wiping down groceries not long ago. <laughs> like I've just, you know, just, and again, largely because of my mother, like I'm concerned about these things. 
Right. And then I, like, I don't even know where or how or like what happened or like how I got it, but I got it. And, um, and it lasted about the, the crazy thing is it, it lasted like the actual, you know, sickness from the thing lasted about a week or so. Um, I had a fever for one day and, you know, some fatigue and whatever, like none of it, none of that was like too off putting, but that was three or four weeks ago. And I'm testing negative now and it's, it's all done. I still have it in my chest. Um, I can't like, it hasn't gone away. I feel like I have mesothelioma or something. And, um, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's like one more more fucking thing for this band, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's strange. And I'm like, I'm still running all of the time. And, you know, I'm like, I, you guys know, like I do, like I'm a pretty active individual, but the, the lingering effects of it is a little bit scary. Like, I hope yeah. that this thing doesn't like, I still, I, I don't want the long COVID thing. Um, it's, it's weird. Like I have if, what, what I think, you know, like, like COPD would be or something like that. It feels like it's like an upper respiratory thing and like I'm coughing yeah. all the time, but I don't produce anything. It's weird. <laughs> Might as well Are start you smoking. Like- smoke and run at the same time i actually i was texting with a friend of mine today because we've been talking about about um about trying to do the boston marathon you know as a goal sometime in the next year or two and he you know he texted me about it today he's like let's put it on the calendar and well (laughs) i might you know might put it put it off for a year or two and but we'll see i used to smoke when we lived in uh when we lived in albany as a band, I used to rollerblade all the time and I would like smoke cigarettes and rollerblade. <laughs> the nineties. <90s. laughs> I remember that. Yeah. When you wore that speedo and had the rainbow socks. Uh, yeah. Shirtless smoking. <laughs> I used to shower and smoke. I mean, I was, I was good at it. <laughs> I could just still... We had, a, we had my like, shitty like shower stall and there was just a bunch of like dead sit w- dead wet cigarettes on the top of the stall oh, because Lord. I needed to smoke when he was in the shower. Is this like a band house you guys all lived in? That was yeah. our band house. Yeah. We didn't I mean, find was- out about it until Rob was like yells at me <laughs> for smoking in the shower. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking Gross about? Gross fuck. <laughs> cigarette There's- butts. I was oh, the no. only one who could see it. Like me and Chuck were the only ones who could see it because we were tall enough. There is nothing better than a shower beer and a shower I, cigarette. I still, I just, how do you? What? And you wonder why you have a tight chest. <laughs> my my uncle's wife, uh, she's actually a big Utica family. They had th- three or four sisters that, uh, the Weibels, and they used to be marathon runners and they smoked and ran. If they had a long run, like a marathon or something, they'd be smoking butts and running. It's long. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> but enough about me. And Look, <laughs> I haven't I haven't smoked in 25 years. And, and I've been running that entire Playing some Blue Star shows. Having a good old time. Playing some good old rock and roll. Nice. Just run too fucking young for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, that beat, that beat me down the last one we did. Um, yeah, we both got sick. Yeah, Nate and I got ill. We uh, couldn't sing. Like we we left all the singing duties for the most part on the last show to Tim because my voice was just gone, gone. We had you radiation know. sickness. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's a pretty nasty rash. I'm, I actually got pink eye. <laughs> oh, I have no, that's not true, is it? <laughs> Sorry, <Come on>. man. <laughs> the whole the whole band got the whole hot it the head. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, I I actually, a prank. Beyond that, I went and saw Tedeschi Trucks last weekend. Uh and I got to visit with Skip, our old tour manager, for those who don't know. Yeah. They were phenomenal so good it was like their fireside small band and they played at the state theater um in maine here in portland here and they had uh it was all seated with like a higher ticket price kind of thing and it was killer um they are such a good band oh yeah oh god so yeah. good i went and saw them a couple of weeks ago at the cap about a, right before we went out so two yep. weeks before you saw them that was the big, the big band, though, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah, we got small home. band is just a six piece. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like a normal size band. <laughs> right. Still killer. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Just watching Derek play. It's, it's odd. It's just odd to see his hand movements match <laughs> up with the sounds you're getting from, you know, his have, you, have you guys ever? It's an illusion. Have you guys ever had him on stage with you all? Has he ever played with Mo? Yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, really? we did. We played. Um, once oh, that's right. I know one time specifically we opened for the Almonds in um, oh, right. Jones Beach. Oh yeah, on Long Island. I believe that was where it was. He came mm-hmm. and sat in, but I'm not sure where else. Brendan Kieran went and saw him, and Kieran got his guitar signed. And he, oh, nice, nice. You know, it's the one that he made with all the, the swirls, the dipped mm-hmm. paint and, <laughs> and everything. And he ha- hand, and I wasn't there. He handed it to Derek, apparently. And Derek grabbed it at first and was like, huh? <laughs> Cause it's like an <laughs> offset SG body. And so it just took him like he was like, what the? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, when we came, back from that tour and you know brenda and i were just talking about the the martha's vineyard shows and and uh i, w- I was like i didn't know if kieran had ever heard him play i was like you ever hear derek trucks play and he's like no I was like, go get on your youtube machine and learn some stuff <laughs> <laughs> and came back and was like wow <laughs> yes this, this is what i'm saying I brought him uh, some of my homemade maple syrup. I gave Skip a jar. <laughs> nice. That's were, nice. You know, people just show up normally probably with like the, you know, up seven pounds of weed or something to see a rock. <laughs> like walking in, had to get walked in with these two jars of maple syrup or two. Uh, well, I put them in um, like uh, Grolsch bottles. Nice. So now he, he has maple syrup and pink eye. That's great. We have to can- cancel. Take him down from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get him right. I'm going to start him off. I'm going to get type two diabetes and not be able to play. It's, <laughs> it's the long con. All the bands. <laughs> so Chuck, how's your progress going, man? How you feeling? <laughs> can't you can't you tell um and everything is uh it's, it's it's getting better you know it's some everyone who 
um, sa- says about my my speech, they they it's 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 better and better every every time they uh, hear it. So that's that's good. Um, I don't. I sometimes I can't tell, but uh, I feel. I feel like I am, um, I, it's, it's, it's good. Um, the speech stuff and the OT stuff is, yeah. I just got whipped yesterday. So I had to work my, my right, um, arm because it's, um, I'm working on my shoulder, shoulder <laughs> and, <laughs> and my neck. And, um, that's how, that's helpful. Um, and I'm work, working on my right hand because I can still, I'm getting better with, um, feeling the, my, my nerves and my hand are better now, I think. So I can feel a, a little, a little, little better. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you, you definitely, your words together wise are goodly. That's right. <laughs> That's enough out of you, Rob. <laughs> yeah. You sound every time I talk to you, you sound a little bit more together. Yeah. It takes it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting um, more words. <laughs> um, every time I have to work on like weird, weird words that I, haven't used yet and i have to think about it and i have to make the sounds you know like yeah every time i have to get a a new word i have to think about it so now the the words are getting really long so they're really hard (laughs) super califragilistic (laughs) right right even right now though you sound so much better than last time we did this. I mean, you're just, it's, it's the flow and like the pacing is that's Mm -hmm. the amazing part. It's now it's faster than I'm talking right now. (laughs) I I have to, uh, I have to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, with, I have to speech, speak the words, um, um, slowly and I have to make the, uh, the sentences, the, the long ones to, uh, really, um, I have to think the whole thing out first and then speak it, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, but, um, I would, I've been yeah, telling Ben to do that, that for the past <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> Just think before you open your mouth. <laughs> I, Everything, uh, yeah, I have to do everything like that. I have to think before I speak. Speak, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all good. I have my my speech um, ther- therapist is really good, and we we talk about um, like words from our songs and just st- stuff that I have to do every day after we i have to work on that and we were actually talking about um the stuff that i have to do as a musician i have to yeah i have to speak that word 
music it's hard one <laughs> so but uh all the stuff that i have to do is like learn like um chords because it's like an e major or minor a, a seventh <laughs> or ninth you know that stuff and right. just so i'm getting the new kind of like lingo for that so nice. it's and it's it, it helps my um guitar playing and everything is is better so it all is good yeah it helps it all helps at the same time that's great cool. you, you mentioned that your um your, your your fingers were a little better um in your right hand you said like your your sense of touch yeah was, was a little I, better are you how, how are you with a pick are you there yet they're pretty good. Uh, um, my, it's getting better because um, I can feel it a little better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I used to, I, before I could like, um, I could drop it um, and I wouldn't feel that, you know, it's right. like, oh, it, it's gone. <laughs> but now, now I can actually play. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I, I actually, I, I, play and practice with without a pick a lot mm -hmm. which is good um because i can feel all the strings mm -hmm. but i and and i'm doing the with with a with a pit pick i have to get the point at the right side or the the, the what's it called the shoulder of the pick i use that a lot Mm -hmm. And I have to I have to make that turn to the right side of the pick, and then play. So okay. I'm getting everything it's is be getting better. Good. So you'll good. be nice. winging your picks at us soon again. Oh fuck yeah! Penny's head. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do um, a, a side sky hooks, so oh, yeah, I wouldn't. This one. <laughs> yeah, so I don't hurt him <laughs> so i can do that i think he got one that landed actually in my glasses one time i know sorry <laughs> sorry good i have a really good uh, fucking head up yeah <laughs> right that's right keep your head on the swivel <laughs> but nate well uh, nate, is there a keyboard equivalent to throwing picks across the stage it's just when you just you, you just tip the keyboards over like it's a you know like a card table. The table flip. <laughs> the table flip. Yeah. I'm out of here. It's I think Billy Joel, with a Billy Joel has a good, Billy Joel has a classic table flip on, on YouTube somewhere. Really, <laughs> like like where he's like lost his temper. And yeah, yeah. Like, I think okay. he's in Russia. He's in Russia somewhere. I don't know why that that's pertinent, but he's just losing his mind. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's a heckler or something, and he just flips the he flips the keyboard over. I have to look it up. <laughs> who who was <laughs> it? Uh, lit uh, lit the organ on fire and pushed it off the front of the stage. It was like ELP or um, Keith Emerson. Yeah, Keith Emerson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Like that's that, just that is, taking the Hendrix thing the, to the extreme. Is so, that like the keyboard castle thing? <laughs> <And push it. laughs> Next time I play with you guys, I'm just going to bring a keytar for just for, for easy flinging. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can reach Perfect. a lot further, you know. Right. <laughs> you should bring a keytar like, anyway, just to. Uh, yeah. 
Come on. Right. They're not oh, as maybe. cheap as they're not as cheap as you want them to be for like a joke thing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I looked into it and I'm like, ah, I don't know. 500 bucks for something that is like supposed to be, I, I want them to be like 150 bucks. You, know? right. <laughs> you can, uh, you can, uh, you can fling a flute next. Fling <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> a yeah. flute. Attach a strap so, to the Nord. <laughs> can we, can we talk about, um, one of Nate's bands? Uh, the first one that we met him when he was wait, um, playing in. Well, yeah. Uh, just so, you know, up to date. So Nate, uh, Nate is going to be playing with us all summer long for our, well, whatever shows we have coming up, uh, with Mo and, uh, Chuck, Chuck, what Chuck? Are you making, Chuck's making these insane stroke faces. He's, uh, he's going to be filling in for uh chuck along with uh souk this summer um and i don't know we have a, we have a handful of dates coming up but uh yeah so we met nate what, what was it back in the early 90s or mid 90s 92 uh, 91 92 no 92 93 wow. he was playing with because i was uh, drumming percy hill yeah it must have been about 94 95 somewhere in there See, that late. Okay. Yeah. I graduated high school in 94, so. Come on. Was- you were that young? <laughs> Did you play with Percy Hill in He high still school? is. <laughs> well, I'm- yeah, we, I'm still 17, guys. <laughs> All right. Holy that crap. so in, much. In here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, well, we started the band in, I was still in high school. Yeah, I was, um, I think I was 15 when the band started. Um, the very early yeah. part of it. Yeah. I remember being excited because I had like my brother. So my brother went to UNH, um, which I know Rob went to UNH for a little while. I don't know if you guys were there at the same time, but um, oh. he was down there and he had like, he had met a bunch of friends who were musicians and we were all excited about putting a band together. And I remember I was like excited the day that I got my license so I could like drive to UNH <laughs> and like play. <laughs> so. Nate, did you have a beard in high school when you? I, I, actually, did, I actually did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was that weird kid in high school had a beard. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I started growing a beard when I was in like tenth grade, maybe ninth right. grade. I mean, it was like as soon as I could, I did. Yeah. And I also remember similarly, like I think it was even before I could drive, like getting to play. I played with this this dead band and it was all like seniors in high school and oh, getting awesome. to like play at a keg party when I was in like ninth or tenth grade and just because yeah, you had a beard. <laughs> because I had a beard and right and I was playing at a keg party and I was a guitar player in the band and I was just like the like instantly oh, yeah. like redeemable quality somehow. Like just be the Jerry like, character. But yeah. <laughs> just just leveled up like, you know, like like two or three grades, you know, just, just by virtue of the fact that I was in the band. Yeah. I was, uh, I had a similar experience because there was a band called Groove Child, which was like a, U- a New Hampshire band that actually achieved some, you know, like some radio success and stuff. But like we were friends with some of the guys and I, I got to play some shows with them. And one of them was like a college party. And I was like, I don't know, I think I was 15 or 16. And I just was like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) all downhill from there yeah it's all been down slow burn downhill (laughs) peaking in high school yeah i peaked (laughs) so then what so didn't percy hill 
were you guys on a major label or a label at one point or no we yeah we put out a few albums there was kind of two or iterations of the band too there was um the the early version of the band was like a six-piece band and it was um you know it was all a bunch of us friends from from unh from college and we we were kind of out on the road for about three or four years um that band was a little more sort of um sort of you know grateful dead slash almond brothers oriented stylistically um and then that kind of broke up and um, I went back to college for a year and then um, we sort of reorganized the band. Um, me and uh, Joe, the guitar player and singer were like the original members. And then we brought in, yeah, right. uh, we brought in this guy named John Lasses, who's a great bass. Actually he was in the band group child that I mentioned earlier. Right. And, uh, and the drummer and singer songwriter, Aaron, who, uh, Aaron Katz who's was phenomenal singer songwriter. And we sort of reorganized the band. We put out an album called color and bloom and, we, you know, we did a couple more years on the road, um, and it was great. It was a good run. So, so my, in, in you know, in my my like vague, you know, in in the shadows of my mind, you know, as I sort of like think back on all of it, like when you guys put out that record and that second iteration of it, like that's that's sort of like my memory of like, like kind of when Percy Hill was peaking and you guys were sort of like at, at your best or you're most sort of well-known. Am I, am I mistaken about that? Or is it just like the thing that I'm most familiar with? I certainly think musically, I don't know if we were necessarily bigger, like uh, just sort of on a, you know, fan base perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, that album, like it, um, you know, we released it independently. We didn't have like resources behind it, you know? So we were just out on the road playing shows. And uh, I think it was almost like, it was just kind of a slow thing. Like over the years it, it caught, you know, caught fire and people really caught up to it. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, it was certainly the music, like it was kind of a step forward musically for us. I mean, um, I think the music was sort of more sophisticated. The songwriting was a little more, uh, evolved and, and that kind of thing. Um, right. And we made a we made an album, a follow up album called After All after that one. Um, and then we actually did a live album too. So there's there's quite a bit of catalog there. I always <laughs> think of the first. I always think of the, the lineup from when we first met you from a, like the Stone Church days with the. But Dylan was the drummer's name, and your brother playing percussion. Yep, Dylan Halsey, and then my brother was the percussionist. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we did Stone Church. We played with them. In uh, in Durham, actually, at some freaking place. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a sports bar called yeah. Mike Libby's Bar and Grill. Mike that Libby's. That's we used to do. You know, <laughs> yeah, we used to play there a lot, and you know, different different bands would come through. I so thought I at some one, point we did like a a gig swap with because like we opened for oh, you man. guys at the Stone Church, and uh, you guys opened for us somewhere in in New York. Like I think a, you're right, Jim. A place that like Albany or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's that familiar. I, I know that I've played at the Stone Church and I'm pretty sure it was with we Percy did our own Hill. Gig at the Stone no, Church. I think you're no, I, I think I I know what you're talking about, Jim. I, I think you're oh, right. Okay. That's not to yeah. say we didn't also play other gigs. Right. right. Know, like no, I'm not there. saying that's the only one we did. That's just like in in yep. my head. Like if you say Percy yeah. Hill, that's what my, where my brain goes. I say, how high? <laughs> <laughs> one of the, uh, the, yeah. one I remember, the one I remember the best was, uh, we played at the wet, we opened for you guys at the wetlands once and the, it was like slam packed. And, uh, the only the thing I remember the most is Chuck was playing a soprano saxophone. And I don't remember if that was a oh, thing. I don't know if that was a oh, thing that no. stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I still have it, but it's, it's I, I, can't, I, 
I can't, yeah, and, and I can't tune it at all. Oh yeah. Ooh, I don't know what happened to mine. I still have the mouthpiece from mine, but I don't have the saxophone. You you used mine for a while. Yeah, you that's how I for a while. I learned, and then I I bought one in that crazy ass music store in Tucson. All right, Chicago Music Exchange. Right? The, yeah, like the four-story with the yeah, world of stuff. That place. It was just a case, and I opened it up. I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. How much you want it for this? The, the guy's like, how much you want to give me? <laughs> What's the neighborhood you're looking to spend? And I'm like, I don't know, 100 bucks. He's like, that's the wrong neighborhood, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the world of retail, pal. <laughs> that guy was awesome. Yeah. But you did um, that. So, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, did you go right from Percy Hill to playing in Assembly of Dust, or was that like, uh, was there a, was there It a- wasn't, uh, it was pretty shortly after, yeah, so Percy Hill, um, actually they sort of overlapped, so we were on the road for a long time, and it just, you know, it was tough, you guys know, the van and the trailer and the, the whole lifestyle, we never really, we never necessarily made the jump, you know, <laughs> we and I hit, you know, I hit my sort of mid, you know, mid-twenties, and I was like, all right, I'm going back to school, so I, I went back to UNH to try to finish my music degree, and we we continued to play for a while, but that was about the time that I started playing with Reed because Reed had um, kind of had a similar thing. You know, he'd been on the road for ten years, and I think he was you know he was going back to business school at that point. But he still wanted to you know he still wanted to continue to do stuff. So the band was sort of like set up kind of like a weekend warrior situation. So yeah, that that was the thing that I was involved with for like six years. We uh, me and Reed wrote a lot of songs together, and um, and you know the band was a blast. Uh, some of my best friends, Adam Terrell, Andy Herrick, John, who we've mentioned. So yeah, that was a, that was a, it was a good run, man. (laughs) Very good band. Killer band. What a band for weekend warrior stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And Adam was part of group child, right? Adam was part of group child for a while. Yep. And then, um, was Andy also, Andy was not, Andy was in a band that you guys might remember called Harpoon. Do you remember a band called Harpoon? Oh yeah. Yep. From yeah. Yes. University of New Hampshire area. They were on yep. the road for a long time. He played too. Yeah. Boot too, didn't he? Wasn't he a drummer? Yeah, that's correct. He yep. was. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't um, he in that band Swamp Donkey? <laughs> there you okay. go. Um, so I like to, I, I always like to, you know, just do a little research before we do these things. Um, just, just to come in prepared. Um, yeah, you mean while so, we're talking and you're on- <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it says here that, um, uh, you're a writer and an actor, um, and you're most, um, most famous for Bonefire. Wow. Um, it's a wild fantasy romp, wildly imaginative and action packed thrill ride. Um, tell, tell me about first. storytelling. So I'm just curious, like how you balance, you know, all of these things, you know, being in multiple bands and, you know, writing teenage fantasy novels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a really good team around me, you know, like <laughs> tell me that's not the first thing that comes up when you put Nate Wilson into Google. It, it is, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Are you Nathan David Wilson? No, I am not. I'm okay. Not <laughs> okay. Well, then. Teen there, fantasy there, novels, huh? Yeah, there there is a Nate Wilson musician that you can also Google. Uh, has he come up before me? Please no. Wasn't there Nathaniel Wilson that used to burn witches? <laughs> oh. oh. No, and and that one actually tells tells all about Ghosts of Jupiter oh, and. Cool. Um, and uh, famously of Assembly of Dust and Percy Hill. And, but this, which I did not know, 
um, that, um, you know, beyond like your fancy schooling that you've <laughs> appeared on stage and in studio with artists such as Chuck Berry, John Schofield, <laughs> Perkins, members of Fish and the Almonds. Can we talk about the Chuck Berry thing? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, um, I got a chance to play with Chuck Berry. It was at a festival. Um, I can't remember the name of the festival. It was on the Hudson. And you guys might have been there for all I know. It was, a, it was like a jam band festival. And um, the thing about Chuck Berry is that um, he doesn't really have a band. Didn't have a, ever have a band. Yeah. He, would just, he would leave it to the promoter to assemble a cast of dudes. Just local musicians. Yeah, local like musicians. On, just on his rider. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't pay the band. You know, there was a promoter that was responsible for that. So, it was, you know, it was always just a bunch of dudes and um, you just have to know his songs and no rehearsal. He just kind of comes in and you just go at it. And um, and I remember I was like, you know, I was like, this was huge for me. I'm like, I'm excited. So I'm doing all sorts of research. I'm listening to the songs and the recordings are tough, you know, like the piano's in there, but it's really like, it's kind of hard to hear sometimes. So I was trying to do my homework and then I put on that movie uh, with Keith Richards, right? Right. Hail, hail rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. So the whole point of this movie is like Keith Richards is, you know, obviously a psycho Chuck Berry fan and he's sick of just seeing Chuck Berry with a bunch of dudes who have never rehearsed and don't know his music. So he puts together like a ringer band of all like these ace dudes and they try to rehearse and it just melts down the whole time. You know, like Chuck Berry, <laughs> they get in a fight, Chuck Berry, they get to the gig and Chuck Berry's just changing stuff on the fly. And <laughs> So I, I watched about half of that movie and I was like, all right, I'm, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not, I get it now. I'm not going to try to like kill myself. <laughs> learning, every, learning every lick on the, you know, so we get to the gig and, um, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, he was actually really nice. You know, like once he knew what to expect, like, you know, he came in and he, you know, he was nice to us and we got up on stage and, but it was like, it was raining. It was a complete train wreck. Um, we're, <laughs> He comes over to me. This is great. So he comes over to me and, uh, and I got a big grand piano there for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm excited. Cause you're in the Chuck Berry band. I'm in the Chuck Berry band, baby. Nothing but the best. <laughs> he comes over and he plays a C on the guitar. He frets a C and he wants to tune to my C mm-hmm. on the piano. So I'm playing a C and he's fretting a C, which is old school. <laughs> very strange and he's looking at me and he's like is that, he goes the first thing he's like does that sound good to you and i'm like i don't yeah okay i'm like i don't know yes and uh so yeah guitar is way out of tune the whole time yeah um but he was amazing like the thing was um it was disorganized like you know was, everything was like 12 bar blues and he would like he would stop the tune in the middle of the form sometimes and stuff but he, he was just such a larger than life personality. Like the, the crowd went crazy. That's awesome. And then, and then there was one point where I'm playing, you know, I'm playing a piano. He's like, play piano solos. I'm playing piano solo. And, uh, and I'm looking down and I'm like, this is crazy. I don't hear Chuck Berry playing anymore. And then I see this arm just reach over my shoulder and this big, he's got this big, huge hand, like a split. It looks like that. And he's playing with three fingers. It looks like a sea turtle or something. And he's playing the piano <laughs> with me. He's like playing solos on the piano, like while I'm playing. It was like it was incredible. So awesome! <laughs> oh, that's great. And uh, so he gets done with the gig. He we're playing. We're still playing. We hit the 40, 45 minute mark, and that's it. He unplugs the guitar. Just feedback. 
throws it in the case. He literally has a Cadillac parked behind the stage, like you'd think. Gets in the Cadillac, peels out, and just sprays mud all over the stage. <laughs> As he just drives off. While we're still playing, we're like still, you know, it was amazing. So. How, long, how long was the show for? I think it was 45 minutes. It's like exactly, you know, his contract is, is like 45 minutes. If he's in the middle of a song, doesn't matter. He's leaving at 45 minutes. You know? And he has to get paid before he plays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like I'm sure. Cash. A check or, cash. Yeah, yeah, probably cash. Bro. It's probably like a briefcase. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is fantastic. That is exactly how you want your Chuck Berry gig to go. Yeah, it was pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. He was 77 years old, I think, at that time. And he still, you know, he was still doing the duck walk and the whole thing. Like he did. He hit all the he hit all the points. <laughs> you know, he Chuck buried. <laughs> Yeah, he totally Chuck buried the shit out of that gig. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy Chuck buries. <laughs> That's fantastic. I can't, I can't like uh, top that one, man. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm I sure can't. you guys got, you got some guys, you guys got stories like we did Bob's. a Parliament, uh, but we did like a Funkadelic or Parliament. I don't know what iteration it was of the band. We played at Yale. That was um, fun. That was, you know, along probably around the same time, maybe even earlier. And I, I, I was like, yeah. I mean, I opened our show by like saying something. St- I was like, "Hello, uh, hello, overprivileged youth" or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah type thing. But they, uh, they got Chuck to play with them with 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 Funkadelic. They they just pushed him on stage. I think the dude with the really? diaper just like handed handed you his guitar and just like pushed you on stage during a song and you just ripped something They're like go. So you just like ripped this insane solo for like, I don't know, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes. And then you just left. Yes. And then Chuck we, did not get into a Cadillac and peel out. Yeah, I, I wish. Got, so, stood in the back of the stage and drank a warm beer with us. We, 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 we played with them another time where we, we opened um, for them and we we were mad for about something and we did our whole say, set was meat and they thought that was really cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> been that time. What what's that? Maybe it was no, that it, time. No. No, it was a it was a different um college college gig, but uh they thought it was awesome because they someone someone uh, did something bad with the seg- uh, shed rule oh. <laughs> and uh and we were like we we got you know we got um we couldn't place at the right time or something like that they it was you know some college guy who was Right, r- right, running this thing, but uh, we were we were ba- mad at something, and we we just did meet for like forty forty five minutes, and they thought it was really cool. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, that was great." That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Rob, I remember you told me recently a pretty awesome story about Robert Plant. Is that like a? <laughs> oh yeah, we were. Um, what did we do? We we were we were opening for Robert Plant's. On, I think it was a West Coast run, or did we do like the whole country? I think we did West. We did. We did Colorado West. Yeah, no, they we played Kansas or somewhere too. We were even. Yeah, we did more in Ohio. Our first gig was somewhere like Ohio, maybe. And um, I just remember like how personable he was. Like we walked backstage, 
after sound check and he was just sitting in our dressing room, you know, I was like, hi, I'm Robert. How you doing? And I'm like, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> what you shirt know? unbuttoned yeah, to his belly button. <laughs> <laughs> Giant and, head. You know, he would, he would just hang out with us all the time, like after shows and stuff. And, you know, he was like, I really love, you know, this, the jam band scene, what this is, what, what you guys are doing. But Chuck and I were, tuning our guitars and just fucking around before somewhere in i think it was like san francisco we had a gig and the drums just start going and we start you know we start jamming i thought it was Vinny, and we turn around and it's robert plant like on on the drums and we're just like playing around having you know having a little jam sesh with robert plant playing the drums that's awesome. incredible he he had was there was two two moments out out or I, well there's, like, there's a bunch from that tour that i loved but he when we played in in uh Colorado and we were I don't know, it was like four or five of us were going golfing. I remember. <laughs> and he comes out and he's getting into his car, his Cadillac, because Cadillac provided all his cars for the whole thing. It's pretty wild. Um not for us. You know. <laughs> he's asked, he's like, What are you guys doing? And we're like, We're going golfing. And he's like, and he looks up at the mountains. He's like, you have all this to go and explore and stuff. And you're going to go to a golf course. He's like, you guys are going to be hanging out with Hootie soon. And then <laughs> and they drove, got to his car, drove away. And we're like, we just got burned by Robert Plant. <laughs> what the hell? We're like, we're going But golf. he was going. <laughs> he was going hiking. Come, and he was like, I most certainly will not fucking come. <laughs> yeah, he was going for a hike. Like, we're supposed to be no. the fucking counterculture. And then, I'm not no, going golfing. He would no. He was going to. He's going to play ke- tennis. Tennis. Yeah, tennis. And we were like, whatever. <laughs> he, and then when we were we were hanging out somewhere after a show, and he's like asking us sort of advice, it, like about how you know we do stuff and and uh, how he wanted to sort of have his band promoted and where to play. Like, it was really weird. So I'm like, what? And then Al looks at him and he's like, well, what, ex- what exactly do you want to do? And he looks at Al, dead straight face, and goes, what do I want to do? Three women at one time, but what does that have to do with this? <laughs> I, I had tears coming out of my eyes. Couldn't, I didn't hear anything that was said for the next 15 minutes because I was laughing so freaking hard. I couldn't oh believe that God. just happened. He was wow. great. And then we it ruined meeting anybody else. Yeah. yeah because yeah. He, was, he was awesome. Yeah. I'm like, if you're not as <laughs> cool as Robert Plant, then I don't care who the fuck you are. That's want. amazing. That was, wow. <laughs> I ran into him like probably 10 years later, seven, I don't even know. It was, it was a long time later, seven years later um, at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. And we were both standing on the side of the stage watching another band. And I was like, oh shit, that's Robert Plant. And so I reintroduced myself and at the very least he feigned remembering our band and we talked about the tour and all of that. I mean, again, it was like, it was just like being back in all those other conversations, super funny, like down to earth. And I mean, he's the, I mean, he's the guy from Led Zeppelin. He doesn't have to be that guy. He could be the other guy that we played with. 
right. He could be somebody else. Careful. He he could be a douche, and he's he's not. And it was it was fantastic. It's it's That's it's the, it's like you like you want your heroes to be. And there's and lots of great '70s English rock bands, and some of them are still playing and some of them are assholes Speaking not to of, be mentioned in this particular I, podcast i can't think of right. who you're talking about <laughs> i don't know who it could be it's but. funny because robert plant was opening up for, on that same tour that we were with uh a particular band that was not cool <laughs> wow that had and that band was called ghosts of jupiter <laughs> <laughs> the best English rock bands from the 70s. bags. <laughs> so Nate's got um, Nate's present band, <laughs> Ghost of Jupiter. You 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 guys are getting a lot of prog rock accolades, aren't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> we're getting some. It's just kind of surprising to me. Um, we're uh, yeah, we put out an album in November, um, and it's kind of you know it's picking up steam. It's um it's been sort of like a word of mouth kind of thing. And then we just got picked up by a, a UK magazine and, uh, called Shindig and they wrote a great review for us. Um, five-star review. Are you going there? <laughs> well, I would love to. Um, I think, uh, we're starting to start to look into it. We, uh, we actually just signed with a label in Germany, um, called the Sony records. They're like a small, um, indie, like psych, psych rock label. That's awesome. And, and they primarily, they just, they just do vinyl. So, um, well, yeah, so that should be coming out. We're, we're hoping to get the vinyl out, um, early summer and, um, and we're continuing to, you know, just try to get the music out there on the internet and hopefully, um, I'd love to, you know, you guys have done Europe before, right? You guys have done Europe played. Yes. Yeah. We have, um, actually a good, a great festival for you guys to get on would be the Hertzberg Past the Hersberg Hers or what's it called? Hersberg Berg or Berg Hersberg. Berg Hersberg. And uh it started out with um as as a Prague type fest and they get oh, no you know, they get a lot of different bands uh there now. Like when we played their last, it was um Patty Smith was headlining the show, I believe. Didn't but, uh, uh it's all the Crimson sorry? or there was a Crimson Project and Patty Smith were yeah. both on the right. two different days, I guess. I, yeah, I th- was Adrian Ballou playing one. Yeah, of those, because was Andre yeah. was there and Tony Levin. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's yeah, and it's it's this ongoing hippie festival that's been running since the late '60s, and it wow. looks very much like it too. I mean, it's, it's, it's like great. teleported back. And, and people, people will go for like an entire week and set up these compounds, you know, with their, with their vans and flags and compounds. And it's, it's fantastic. It's great. I mean, it's like half Renaissance fair and half hippie <laughs> compound. And then well you know, organized this, for sure. Yeah, it's, like, it's great though. But it's, it's, also, it's a fantastic festival. You can Sign be walking around, you know, gathering of the vibes. You know, or whatever yeah. it's, it's, but it's in the middle of Germany. Wow. That's really cool. So besides playing our handful of shows that we got and re- we're probably rehearsing longer than we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's but on what, you, Rob. <laughs> what's that? So that's on you. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, do you have any shows booked for, for you guys this summer? Yeah, what else we have are you doing a, with your life. What else am I doing with my life? Well, um, yeah, we have a handful of shows coming up uh, in May. We're we're at this place in uh, Medford. It's kind of local to Boston. It's called the Porch. That's on the thirteenth, and then um, 
we're playing down in Providence, uh, a place called SQ, which is uh, on the 14th. I'm trying to think of what else we have this summer. Um, we don't have a whole, whole ton of stuff lined up quite yet. Yeah. Um, but our primary focus right now is just record. You know, we do a lot of recording. We do a lot of recording right. remotely. So, like, uh, our guitarist, Adam, lives in Virginia, and um, he has a little home studio. So, that we recorded the entire record, like, during the pandemic. And I don't think... We were in the same room with the, with our drummer Tom for a little bit, you know, just to get basic tracks. But everything else was done completely remotely. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, it's and kind it of exciting, great. you know. Yeah, it came out really good. Um, you know, we've done a couple of we've done our last two albums sort of like just recording ourselves. You know, like our our bassist Tom is a he's a amazing musician and also a great engineer, and he's like sort of we just basically made the whole thing on his laptop with minimal kind of minimal gear, which is like that's the fun thing these days, you know, you can make a great sounding record on your own. So yeah, we're trying to, you know, just doing that. And we, we don't, we're not playing a ton of date live dates, but we're, uh, we're hoping to get more on the books for this fall. I think doing it like doing it, we've never, I mean, I think we, we could give that a shot. I, we've never tried doing a record like that, but uh, with us all living in different areas, it might, it might make sense. And then just send it off to somebody to put together for us. But, that, that's yeah you have to have you have to have like one guy you know like i'm lucky because uh our bassist steve dave is like you know he he gets all that together so we can yeah. send him the files and you know he mixes it and i i you know i sort of we produce it together me and him but um you have to have that one guy who's like you know either in the band or can do it for you you know um right but my philosophy is like it's just um you know how can you you know the way music the the the, the commodity of it now is it's so hard you know how do you go into a studio and pay you know a, a, a just absurd amount of money to make a record and then throw it on spotify and get streaming you know get streaming money back 0.07 cents a spin yeah and we always felt like you know with our stuff it's like the time you know the having just um unlimited amounts of time is the most important thing to get it to sound the way you want it to. It's like when you go in, we've, we've done a couple of records at the studio and it's like, you go in there and you're on the, you're on the clock. You know, think of all those cool ideas that you had that you want to experiment with and just, just cut them right out. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's man. also something to be said for, for, for putting, you know, uh, putting a finer point upon it though. So, so that you, you don't have, you know, an unlimited number of, uh, levels of undo or whatever it is yeah, you yeah. Sort of keep going at a thing. And, you know, you, 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 you do leave some spontaneity or some, not, not just mistakes, but you also, it also requires you to make decisions and get a thing yeah. done and, and move on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. and not, not keep making, not, you know, otherwise you, you like, you know, something, something will evolve and yes, maybe it's better, but it's also going to be different than whatever that, that thing was in the beginning. And for sure it goes, goes both ways. Um, maybe it doesn't you're, take you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So what? How does it feel? Like what? What? what, Does it feel different to be like, um, as opposed to uh, to be playing like playing in our band and coming in and learning? You know, I I don't know how far you've gotten with the material at this point. I'll assume not very far at all. But uh, I'm through a couple of sets. I'm already through a couple of those sets, man. So oh, are you really? Yeah, I'm making some headway. I already know a fair amount of these tunes already. Do you feel so. less pressure to be coming in and playing with another band or more to be like putting out like your own material and being responsible for all that shit? It's kind of like, um, it, 
it does, it's a different challenge, but I, I think it's fun. It's like fun for me to just jump in and just be the keyboard player, you know, in a situation yeah. that's like, um, it's been a long time since I've done that, you know? So ghost of Jupiter is like, I'm the singer, I'm the songwriter. I sort of produce the records and, um, you know, everybody, it's definitely, everybody has input, but it's, it's, there's a lot of pressure on me. It's sort of like a, you know, it's a, to supply the energy. Yeah. I'm a band leader. I've supplied sort of most of the initiative for all the stuff and to just be able to come in to a situation where you guys are already established and, and I just, I can sit behind the keyboards and just sort of find my place. Like, it's really fun. You know, it's like a different kind of challenge. Right. It's, uh, I, I could see how that'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Nate will be hitting all of our shows coming up and I, I don't, do you guys have a list of those shows, Pandy? I, would, or I know we're summer camp is going to be, um, the first, the first ones out there, but we have a, we have a bunch coming up too, or we have at least summer camp. August, we have, I believe we have the, uh, Philly PA, uh, with oh, the Bisco biscuits, we're doing the Bisco thing, city Bisco. Yeah. Empire state Plaza in Albany. Levitate Festival in Marshfield, yep. Massachusetts, the Great South Bay Festival in Patchogue, New York. Uh, Long Island. <laughs> seaside Heights in New Jersey. Yeah, you say the Harbor Fest in Norfolk? What? Right. There's, also, there's also that date in Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, Harbor Fest in Norfolk, Virginia. Abba. 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 It'll be a, it'll oh my be a time. Nate, Nate has sat in with us multiple times over the years. So this will be nice to actually uh, get into a groove with them as opposed to just popping out and right and have and them learn the songs for a change. show or <laughs> what he said and have them learn the songs for a change. Yeah. I'm probably right. going to learn some of the songs guys this time. <laughs> well, so it can't be any worse than me. So in, Nate, I have to, I was thinking about you a couple of days before when I was, I, every, every day I have to think about words and how that, how I, um, speak them. And, uh, I, I was looking at my, um, my mo mo motor, sorry, mower, and its name is Honda. Honda, <laughs> and you, you, you all, he, he was, what was, what was that, um, um, that ad where you make, uh, I can't say, I can't say it because it's, it's hard for me to like actually make the words, but, but I'll, I, I, I was trying, I was trying to do Honda, I, well, Honda. <laughs> I remember it, Chuck. I think it was Phil Bouchard's auto mall. <laughs> yes. God. Is that I it? I can't believe this is a, I can't believe that you guys know about this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it was so good. Me and uh, a couple of the guys assembly the dust, we were like bored in the, you know, long car ride and I had my laptop. So we decided to, I don't know where we got the idea. We were just like out of our minds and we decided to make a spoof, like a spoof car commercial uh based in sort of like a mass hole style andy did the voiceover i'll have to dig it up somewhere but it was called <laughs> phil, phil bouchard's auto sale <laughs> i think we might be the only people on the planet who think it's funny but uh, oh my god it's fantastic i, do. <laughs> I, thought, it I thought it was great and, and but i think the whole thing was predicated on there was a song or a riff or something that you had oh, yeah. been working on and, and then you just realized that it was like, 
it was <laughs> not that it was shit, but yeah. you were like the direct oh, that, in terms of the production. You were like, this sounds like a fucking used car ad, like, <laughs> <just floating. laughs> or whatever. And that's like what, like that's what prompted the whole thing. And then it spun out of control in the van, and like within like an hour, you guys had that whole thing put together based on this cheesy riff. That you had written. It's like that is fucking gold. This now is our. Uh, <laughs> Now we it know it's going to be. It might have been our greatest achievement in six years in that band. That <laughs> 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 Phil Bouchard auto seal. <laughs> and and it and it lasts to this day. It like still still brings us joy. <laughs> now we right. know what we'll be nice. playing pre-show for the summer tour. Everybody, you guys want to you guys want to bust out a deep cut? Yeah, we can do. I want to bust it out. We should actually <laughs> yeah. do like a thirty-minute version of it, <laughs> like deep jams. <laughs> So Nate, I know you got a bunch of other shit to do today. So um, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. <laughs> you don't know that. Uh, well, this is costing you money. <laughs> Time is money, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, fellas. I uh, had a blast. I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, hitting the road with you all this summer. Oh like yeah, we're we're psyched to have you, man. This is going to be a good time. Uh, and I want to, you know, thank everybody who's tuned in and listened. We certainly appreciate your support, and uh, we love you guys. So uh, this has been Mo's Pod Crash. Did we have a sign off? Didn't we have a sign off? It was like, oh yeah, no gig is confirmed until we are on stage playing. by the members of the band Mo. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.